This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Rolene Marks, a very good morning to you. How are you? A good morning to you too. And I also have a dream, huh? When I also have a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's probably quite simple, hey? Just sit down around a table and sort this out. Am I right? Exactly. Can sanity please prevail? And as I was telling Harry, Mama needs to lie down and take a long nap. Yeah, so I was was thinking about this, and one of my listeners actually referred to it. I didn't even get to that SMS last week. When I was at university, uh, we had, and and I might have mentioned the story before, it was just before South Africa wrote its constitution. So it was, I was doing my LLB, my law degree, and we had a professor of constitutional law called uh, Professor Van der Feyf. And he kept saying to us, when you draft a constitution, do not imagine Mandela in the position of president. Imagine your worst enemy in the position and try and see that you can curtail his powers and that so that they can't destroy democracy. And I just wonder if BB supporters, if supporters of the coalition could do that. And if if the the protesters on the other side could do the same and say, forget if it was Netanyahu, put your person in that position and see, you know, try and look at it from somebody else's perspective, from from and see if see what is what is fair. You know, maybe the protesters should be able to look at it and say, well, if if my guy was in power. Do we want the Supreme Court overriding everything that they do? So try and look at it from that perspective. But there doesn't seem to be an intention in Israel to resolve this. And I just wonder if the politicians now aren't at fault because they're using this as a political thing and not understanding the damage it's doing to the fabric of Israeli society. Well, I think it's a mixture of both. I think we're now at at a stage where uh, there is a stubbornness on both sides. You've got the leader of the opposition, Yair Lapid, saying, you know, no uh, sitting down until the legislation is fully stopped. And you've got the coalition just steamrolling ahead, not taking into account not just the Israeli voices that are growing in numbers. And again, I want to be clear because I cannot stress this enough because people don't seem to understand this is not about election results. And this is not about right versus left. I mean, uh, and I'm going to get to in a, in a minute, we even have somebody like Yuli Edelstein, a, a, a real stalwart of the Likud, who is saying, put the brakes on. And he actually set out the votes last night. And, and that is a very, very telling sign of, of where we're at. We've got major um, um, allies of Prime Minister Netanyahu warning against this. You know, when somebody like a Miriam Adelson, who is a, a, a philanthropist, 
um, extremely pro-Israel says this is, uh, you know, hasty and irresponsible, but you've got a coalition just steamrolling ahead. We are in a very, very difficult position. Last week, you and I chatted about Herzog and his speech to, to the nation and, and his warnings to um, political leaders. And I think the warnings for, for both sides where he said, throw this out and we have to find a solution because we are heading off the cliff in a rapid rate. And, and last night was absolute proof that uh, Israel is heading into very, very dangerous waters. It's uh, very, very frightening. Really, really frightening. So, so what's happened now? The override bill has passed its first reading. Is that correct? Yes. So the bill passed its first reading last night, 61 to 52. It was very, very, very heated. Uh, apparently, members of the opposition weren't uh, present for that. They boycotted that. But this is the, the clause that is causing the biggest bone of contention here. Uh, and, and what it basically means is that it gives the Knesset a, a power of a majority of 61 to overturn rulings of the High Court or, or, or the Supreme Court. And uh, this is where we really see uh, Israel's democracy seriously under threat. If any of you were, were lucky enough to, to watch the, the webinar, the panel discussion on Thursday night hosted by the Zionist Federation uh, and hear the superb David Benjamin explain exactly how the courts work, why this is seen as a, a, a threat to democracy. Uh, he, he referenced the South African Constitution, which, if I, if I quote him correctly, said was a thing of absolute beauty, um, and also explained very, very clearly, uh, given his uh, military background, uh, why the military is so concerned about these overhauls. And then also last night, and very, very concerning, it was the um, uh, advancement of a bill that would block the High Court from ordering a Prime Minister to recuse himself from activities, even in cases of a conflict of interest. Uh, and so basically they... Um, uh, legislation, which they've now written, said that the, 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 the court can only order a prime minister's removal in cases of mental or physical incapacity. And of course, we have the opposition saying, well, this just plays into Prime Minister Netanyahu's hands because uh, he has these uh, criminal charges against mm -hmm. him and it should be recused from from all these procedures. You know, whereas I'm certainly not a Netanyahu fan, I, I still don't, I find it difficult to believe that this is all about those cases. I, Raleena, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't sit comfortably with me that this whole thing, and, and I know that people like to say it, that it's, it's, you know, he's trying to avoid these charges. Really, it, it just doesn't feel right that, that this is, because, especially because we know that judicial reform is required. Do, do, what is your feeling on it? Well, I agree with you. I don't think it's about one thing. And the general consensus in the country is, yes, we do understand that there does need to be reforms. There should always 
SB discussions mm-hmm. around reforms. Uh, the big issue here is that these planned reforms don't include broad-based consensus, that they've been put, they've been pushed forward by a coalition government that includes very, very extreme elements. That is the question. I mean, we can't forget that Netanyahu is on record as recent as 2016 as saying the Supreme Court, uh, the, the judicial and the legislative must remain separate. It is essential for uh, Israeli democracy I do think we're in a situation where he has lost control of his government. Uh, I, I, I think that he cannot rein in the more extreme element. And you've got somebody like a Yariv Levine who is just bulldozing his way forward. Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's quite telling that the, pro- the president met with Simcha Rothman. Simcha is also one of the architects of this. And, and Rothman seems to take a less steamroller approach to these reforms as uh, Yariv Levine. Levine wants to get these through uh, as soon as possible uh, and, and is really negating just how dangerous it is. I mean, we, we, we're potentially in a situation uh, where something really, really nefarious is going to happen. And Saturday night we had protests from a lot in the south to Haifa in the north. We even had protests uh, on um, settlements in Judea and Samaria. Now that tells you something. That tells you that this is not a religious versus secular, a right versus left. I think we really have to throw that uh, knee-jerk analogy out the window. This is not an issue, uh, you know, of Ashkenazi versus Safari. This is an issue of Israeli democracy. And we're seeing the voices of dissent coming from all sectors of Israeli society. And now very telling, Yuli Edelstein. Mm, mm. Let's just talk about what's going on between Ben Gvir and the police, because that's not looking pretty either. It's not looking pretty. In in fact, it's getting more and more tense. Uh, Yesterday or uh, Sunday, there was a poll, and more than half of Israelis want Ben Gvir fired uh, as the National Security Minister, and this echoes sentiments that at least 40 former police chiefs uh, that uh, that have retired uh, said to Netanyahu last week, they said, you need to fire this man. He is uh, um, acting out of his remit. He's giving operational um, orders, and also he's potentially going to cause a third intifada with his orders to demolish illegal houses during Ramadan, which we know is a very, very difficult time here, and we are anticipating a, a significantly more violent Ramadan this year. So we had an issue on um, Thursday night where he basically ordered the police chief uh, of Tel Aviv um, out of his uh, position, saying that he did not act hard enough against protesters. You know, Israel is a democracy, we're still a democracy, and it's people's democratic right to protest. And with the exception of small pockets of, of, of scuffles, um, everything's been peaceful. These have been very, very 
peaceful protest. What kind uh, of hard action do you want to take against peaceful protesters? And uh, we've had a dissent coming from the police force saying to the Commissioner Kobe Shaptai, you also maybe need to step down because you cannot stand up to Ben Gavir. So Shaptai has made a decision that senior cops will not be having any direct contact with Ben Gavir. And actually apologized to his police service for uh, the way that uh, things had been handled with uh, Ben Gavir. But but right now we have Itamar Ben Gavir, our national security minister. Um, if we're going to get into semantics, he's not qualified for this job. It's a, it's a demand made as part of the coalition, and it is causing serious, serious ructions in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that becomes a real problem because when you've got this divide between uh, the politicians and the police, you can really lose control of the country. It's a very dangerous, very dangerous uh, position to be in. Well, absolutely. I mean, we heard from the IDF Ramat Khan as well, saying that the army can only operate in a democracy. Uh, so we're looking at a situation where our security apparatus see uh, the, the movement that we're going in as far as somebody like Ben Gavir, the judicial overhaul, as really uh, impeding. Uh, Israel's security forces to operate and operate within their very, very strict moral and ethic code of conduct. Indeed. Rolene Marks, fascinating conversation. That's where we leave it. 34519-061-895-1019. I'd love your thoughts on it, and uh, we'll catch Rolene on Friday at the same time. It's about to go 8 o'clock. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com.